presented in a way. I like to use this term selfing because it's a verb. Yes, the mental process is selfing. And this, this, what it, the selfing is the act of being identified as. That's what it's doing, yes? So let's say if someone describes you selfing and you sort of get a feeling, oh, I seem to have been subjected to that, yes? That statement that you were subjected to the selfing is the selfing, yeah? The feeling that things are happening to a you or they're happening from a you is actually the selfing. So its system is really cool because you can recognize its activity but you don't see its true activity, which is the claiming of being the one that's doing it, or the one that has it, or the one that's seen it. Yeah. So you can get a very clear vision of selfing, but if the identification as self is not noticed, you're seeing the selfing as a self. Yeah. And like in recovery, it says self can't get out of self, or any self knowledge avails you nothing. So any knowledge about self claimed as a self doesn't do you a damn good in a sense. It may give you a little relief here, but it won't bring you freedom from bondage to self because you're still in that modality of when some, a verb is noticed, you think it's you doing it or someone doing it to you or God doing it. There's always sort of a noun placed in this place, which is all there is is verbing, but the mind, the mental process puts a noun in there, and it's that is the selfing. It's not thinking a lot. It's believing you're the thinker. Yes? That's the selfing. That's what the mind has convinced us of. Yes? You did not believe... First of all, I don't think you had many thoughts when you were first young. Well, first young, the only time you were young. Yeah. The second time I was young, I had plenty of thoughts. You know? <laughs> the mind, the, the mental process hadn't really kicked in, so they've proven it in research that when you were like from birth to about a year or so, you had no sense of other or anything like that. You weren't Paul or Jim or anything or Mary. And then the mental process kicked in and it produces a sense of being a self. That's what its product is. So it produces a sense of a you, a you. And then when the mind becomes captivated by that presentation or believes it or becomes uh, enthralled with it, the a drops off and now it's just you. Yeah? And so from then on, life isn't seen as something that's happening it's seen that like it's happening to you. Yeah? That's the selfing. That's truly the dilemma. And the point is, when you see that, the head will still try to set up and say, I need to do something about that. That's the selfing. Yeah? It's just the seeing of it. If it registers for you or resonates for you, sit in that pause that it produces and check it out. And in that moment, if the coupling doesn't occur, where what's been realized hasn't been realized by a you, but just realized, yeah, just seeing, if that can be left alone without it, it's being coupled with a noun by the process. And the process may attempt to do it, but you may see that also. If, it, if there's, it's at the point when you don't see it and the story feels like it's happening to you, that's being the product of the selfing. And you don't know that because you believe it's happening to you. And you're, it's indisputable once that lock occurs. Hey, yeah, it feels like it's really happening to me. It's happening, 
And it's happening even to a body, but to you is a big stretch. That's a big leap by mind to say it's you, when you weren't even that you when you were first born for the first year and a half. And there's been many moments in your life you weren't that you. Actually, every moment in your life you've never been that you. That's the only good news. If it was you, then you'd have to try to get out of it. Yeah? But if it isn't you, there's no need to get out of it. And that's getting out of it. It's so fucking fast. When there's a recognition, it's not me, that's being out of it. You weren't in it. Just like it says in recovery, why do you have so much fear? And he doesn't let us answer it, which is a great move. He says the next sentence is, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? How is it that the mind is relying on self? It's taken itself to be self. The mind has taken itself to be a body. You can't be more relied on that idea than that. Yeah. So in that reliance with this as me, all hell freaking breaks out. And all heaven. A dualistic interpretation becomes dominant. So you're connected or disconnected. You're conscious or unconscious. Usually based on what you did or didn't do. Yeah? And then your knowledge of God is based on when you want to know Him. <laughs> Isn't it? And who tells you how good you're doing with God? Your head. <laughs> That's what it says in the in the recovery book. The first, the whole how and why of the whole program of recovery is to quit playing God. Check it out. What's what what's playing God? So let's say the topic of God. All right, the all-knowing, all-present, all-omniscient, whatever. Why aren't you feeling it then, if it's everywhere? <laughs> but there it is. So God now is an object to you as the subject. Yeah? Paul is now going to know God. <laughs> and therefore, God cannot be known unless Paul sort of agrees with wanting to know him. I mean, if Paul doesn't have the willingness, there's no knowing God. Now, which is more powerful then? Which is the bigger God? God, your idea of it, or the one who has to have willingness to know it, and if it doesn't, it doesn't know it. I would say that is, eh? You can't get, that's playing God. So what do we do? In, in, in selfing, when something, when someone says, quit playing God, there's a feeling that it's you that has to quit playing God. This is the, what we're trying to introduce. That is, that's the selfing. When you hear, quit playing God, it sounds like it's a command to what? You. Yeah? But if you're not that you, it's just another verb, which is quit playing God. That's what occurs. When you see that you're not that which is playing God, that's quitting playing God. When you see that you're not what's playing God, in other words, has no opinion about playing God or not playing God. It could care less. But the seeing of it is what you would call quit playing God. It has nothing to do with a you. Nothing whatsoever. What you are is prior to you. What you are is demonstrated every second by conscious contact. And you are not in conscious contact. You are something that is contacted by consciousness. You're an object. Yeah? So if you... So here's seeing, and I don't mean seeing just vision, seeing, awareness, you know, consciousness, seeing... 
and seeing is flooding into through this apparatus, through these these lenses of hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then you see thoughts, like you'd see a bird if it flew by the window. You see thoughts, they're like mental objects. Just like a bird is a visual object, yes? This is a mental object. So there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. That's what's really the raw data of this place. My day is comprised, what I call my day, of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and seeing thoughts all about the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, or the lack of seeing something, or the lack of not touching something, and the not, lack of not having something. Yeah? So it just riffs on having, not having, you know, wanting, not wanting, you know, desire, aversion, indifference. Yes. Just movement, self and galore, self and self and self and galore. All of them are verbs, but the verb that's captured them and claimed all those verbs makes up the illusion of being a noun, yes? And that's what most people aren't seeing. They're not seeing that the, that the act of being identified is a mental verb that makes up and impl- implies that there's a noun, and that's why you feel like you. How could you be this you that you didn't feel like before? Now, you suck, now since you were about one and a half, two, you've been feeling like it more and more. No, it's, a, it's contrived, it's built, yes? It's structured. That's why it says in recovery also, please relieve us of the bondage of self. The bondage to self is of, let's say, no thingness to being a thing. You have to have a damn good glue to bond no thingness to becoming a thing. Yes? For spirit to take itself to be a body, it's got to have an incredible gluing agent. And the bondage is what? No thingness, spirit taking itself to be a body. And the gluing, the glue is the daily narrative of the thought system, yes? The interpretive thought system. It interprets feelings, it converts, it conceptualizes everything. Everything gets broken up into ideas and beliefs and structure and structure. And it takes this to be the real thing. So when you think about love, you think you're capturing love, yes? When you think about peace, you say, that's what peace is. But at that point, peace is an object in your mind. Not even in your mind, in the mind. It's not what the real thing is. So, in my experience, I don't care what the truth is. All I want to know is what I'm not. Because what I'm not, I can describe. What I'm not, I can see. What I'm not, I can feel. What I'm not, I can taste. I can touch. Yes? But what I am, I can't see, hear, feel, taste, touch. So I want a lot of information about what I'm not. Any, I can never have any information about what I am because it has no fucking qualities. I can't see it. I can't taste it. I can't hear it. Yeah? There's no way that this system can know it. Yeah? I can't grab it. Yeah? But you know it by recognizing what you're not because it's in the seeing of what you're not. That's what you are. That awareness is what you are. You are the awareness that recognizes what you're not. Yeah? It's the same awareness that has been claimed by the mental process and now it has become a verb that you're doing. You believe you're seeing. You believe you're thinking. You believe you're feeling. I'm not saying you, you. I mean you as general. Yeah? But it's a huge leap. Like you can take a shit, let's say. Shit comes out of the body. <laughs> and you 
look in the toilet, which you seem to have been just sitting on, which is this all body becoming you. Yeah? So the body was on a toilet, and something, you hear a plop, and a movement happens through the stomach and the colon. And you look and you go, wow, that's my shit. You know, you, claim, you see the claiming of everything? So there it is. And it makes sense in a way. It seems like it came out of what? You, which is the body. It came out of a body. That's true. But why is it you? Why is the body you? That's the act of being identified, yeah? So here, so we see the shit, and so you can say, yeah, I took the shit, you know? There it is. There's the evidence. But then, all right, let's apply that to thought. Thoughts are being seen, yes? And yet, the feeling is that, is that I'm the thinker of them. This is a huge freaking leap from seeing thoughts to that I'm the thinker of every one of them. I did it, <laughs> like, like a little kid. Look, Mom, I did it. All the thoughts. And then what happens, once you're claiming, once the mind in conditional aspect of self and claims a thought, it becomes your thought. Yeah? Unbelievable the amount of difference that thought has now in weight and meaning. Once a thought becomes your thought, it's like, <laughs> Jesus. You see it, yes? Someone comes over your house and complains about their thoughts, and they're really ripped up by their thoughts. And they're totally, totally, it's so believable, their thoughts to them. But you seem to have an immunity to that. You know, you feel a little compassion, but you say, bro, relax, man. It's not that bad. Of course it's not that bad to you, because you see his thoughts as his thoughts. But if you had the same thoughts that night, they would be having the same effect that the thoughts had on him and you. The only difference was, when I was listening it from him, they were clearly not mine. And, oh, I had a nice immunity to them. I feel all right. But when he went home, I went, man, I hate to be in his place. Yet, the night, that night, and you're holding this, oh, these are about me, or I'm the thinker of them. What happens? It's a bonding agent, isn't it? A thought binds you, not by the power of the thought, but by the my. The my is what bonds you. How could, if a thought had the ability, if the thought had a certain quality, a thought had a certain quality, it would affect everyone the same. Every, if, if the thought came up in you, and the thought came up with you, you have to basically the exact same feeling. Yeah? But it doesn't have an inherent quality. You give it the meaning it has. You inject it. Yeah? So there's the thought, 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 coming, coming, coming in one's head. That's why no one has immunity to the thoughts. That's why they're going to therapy. They're trying to get some freaking relief. But every time they go home, especially if they're alone, the head just represents their life to them or their day. You know? You know? And you have to do almost anything to get relief from that. Yeah? And the whole point is, no matter how many angles you take in the minds representing it, they're all in self-centeredness. They're all based on how it pertains to you. As a body. There's no getting out of self as self. It's impossible. A product of a mental process can never leave the mental process. You are not going anywhere after this life. This life, when this, this thing that's talking to you is like a little voice box on the little, you know, mannequin. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, I can't wait for the afterlife. I can't wait for the afterlife. When this body dies, it goes out. It doesn't rise above you like a little, you know, mythical voice box. Oh, 
I've left, I've left this, this mortal coil. No, no, it dies. I've died a few times. Nothing was there to tell me. Oh, Paul, you're dead. <laughs> it was like an immediate break in the movie, and nothing came back for a while. And then suddenly the movie booted back up, and here I was, Paul. Yeah? <laughs> so there's the thing. I mean, if you really, really, if you're really, really keen on freedom, see what causes you to feel like you're bound. Yeah? Instead of looking for freedom, just look for what thinks it's bound. You may do a lot better that direction. Because if you're identified as a self and you seek freedom, that freedom will use to bind you to the idea of being a self. That's what it does. It claims everything it comes in contact with. Everything. You can have an incredible epiphany and when the head comes out of it, it'll say, I just had an incredible epiphany. It'll claim its own absence. It's claiming its own absence all day. There is no self. There is no you, in a way, yeah? So, when a thought is seen as a thought, you travel a lot later through that traffic. And when it's seen as a my thought, it's not, it creates a giant traffic jam. And tons of thoughts back up, yeah? Tons of like, like rush hour. And they all have real importance. They want to get somewhere. They want something to be changed. And they just jam up. And then you hear all that fucking horns. All the beeping. All the fucking flipping the finger. All that starts happening. And you really like to get out of it. Yes? Which only excruciates it even more, doesn't it? It produces an exquisite suffering. But you, that mind and selfing, has no intention of ever leaving it. It's the maker of it. You know, I'd go to places younger, I had a spiritual bent, you know. And I'd hear great descriptions of the ocean, the eternal ocean, and the bliss and love of everything. And uh, my mind just claimed it and used it to fucking beat the living shit out of itself. It worked much better since for me as a wave to try to know the ocean was just incredibly pain-provoking. But when I entertained that I'm not the wave, what was I immediately? The ocean. There's an assumption that you are what you're not. You never get to the knot of it then. Because whatever knot you discover, it'll be the knot of all knots discovering it. <laughs> Seriously. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> as long whatever is discovered it steps a little bit behind it and goes I have that I had this incredible awakening I had I had I had I had, I had yes it's always claiming it's all, whatever verb it just jumps in there and makes itself a noun you know instead of just seeing something's happening you know how easy it is to get out of something when it's just seen as it's happening it's much more difficult when it's claimed because now you've got the lease on the house. Yeah? You've moved in. You've got a lot of valuables in there. You've got a lot of beliefs and old ideas. Yeah? It's best to see the blueprint room before the house is built. Because if you move into the house, 
it may take you a lot of time to get out. Yeah? But if you can see the blueprint room, if you can look and see what's actually happening, not to you, but what's happening, there's a freedom involved in that because the blueprint at that point of seeing it never goes into the point of Billy becoming the house. Yeah? Once you've built your little house of self, you're going to want to get out. Yeah? It turns into a prison, doesn't it? You have no immunity to thought. You can have a really nice get day going and you have two, two thoughts and two thoughts, two thoughts can quote-unquote ruin your whole day. Yeah? Eight can ruin your whole month, maybe. Maybe five with an action behind them fucking can ruin your whole life. Yeah? No matter how much is being presented... It, your mind will override it like that. If you are if you are taking yourself to be a denizen of that realm of mind, a, a product manufactured by the mental process, you are beholden to the system you came from. Yeah. When something happens, you're going to think about it. All the thoughts that are going to happen are going to be you thinking about it. Yeah. Once the thought arises and hooks you, and then now it's your thoughts a stream of old ideas and beliefs and conditionings take form and thoughts that you seem to have had many, 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 many times. Many, 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 many times. Let's say maybe they're a thought about a woman. So now the woman's name is Sue, so it seems like it was different than when it was about Mary, but it's the same stream of thoughts, yeah? All brought up, all brought out by the mind. And these thoughts start orbiting you. You are the center you, it's your gravitational pull that keeps the thoughts in place. You are the reason the obsession with self continues. You're playing the role of self. They're just orbiting, 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 orbiting. If the self drops out, they get let go of. It's just like we were talking the other day. Let's say you see water running like a stream, water running down. And you can see the movement of the current, yeah, there's a sense of it. But it's all basically going the same direction. Then you take a rock and you put that in the water. Immediately, some of the current of the water changes and now starts doing what? Circulating around the rock, yes? And other stuff that was in the stream that was just going to go downstream now gets sucked into this gravity, leaves and other stuff, and they start coagulating around the rock. And they can take a fluid experience or sensation of water running and make it stagnant, yeah? A little pocket can occur, and there's selfing. It's like a petri dish, and it's just growing, and more and more and more things are getting around it, and it's more and more clinging, and more and more attachment, and this and that. And and then part of being the rock is the bitch about the effects. Yeah, I'd do anything to get rid of these effects, but you won't entertain. You're not the freaking rock. What would happen to that water? You think it's the water's intention to screw with you? If you took the rock out, the currents would just go down their natural course again. There'd be nothing to circulate around, yes? So you would see life is happening instead of life is happening to me. Life is happening, and then life is happening to me. Life is happening, life's happening to me. I'd really like it not to be happening to me, but I want to still be a me. Good luck. <laughs> That's the biggest booby prize of all. I'm gonna, I want to be here when it gets good. Why isn't it good yet? You've been here a long time. Oh, it's pretty good, yeah, yeah. 
it would be pretty good in hell if I moved to a part of hell where it was like two degrees cooler. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. All day worrying, thinking, 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 anxiety about what you're going to be like. Now let's say the mental realm. Me- mental realm, obviously lots of thoughts, yes? Cooking. Now, what would be incredible for the mental realm to be occupied all day is to sort of present you as an idea. Yeah? And, and let's say the body becomes the rock. So now, because there's a location called Joe right here, the mind can now think about you somewhere else at some other time than now. Yeah? And it can think about you somewhere else at some other time in the future realm and in the past realm. Without the body as the root or as that rock for the thoughts to think, there would be no drive to be thinking about you in the past because there would be no past as a you. But the head's produced this little, like a little voodoo doll. (laughs) And now it's thinking about you somewhere else at some other time than now. That's what it's doing. (laughs) A lot of it, yeah? You're sitting here, but how many of us are really really actually entertaining sitting here. <laughs> Whereas this sitting here reminds us of another place we sat at. That's, see, picturing yourself somewhere else at some other time, picturing yourself somewhere else at some other time. You don't know how much this is going on. It's going on all freaking day. It's very difficult to locate a person. <laughs> actually, you really have to look at them to sort of capture their attention and then I have an anchor now. They're just not home. Yeah? Because <laughs> there's thoughts about them somewhere else at some other time. That really is an important idea to sort of check out. What is that that I forgot about me? <laughs> What's going to happen to me? <laughs> and yet you don't know. You're getting fucked right now. Literally. You know, when we worry about, oh, it's so important that things go well for me in the future. But there's no real, and a lot of times, in that belief that it's going to be so great in the future and so important for you, the unimportance that's being displayed for now is incredible. By making that so important, the utter unimportance of the now that the mind is demonstrating is incredible. It's like a sleight of hand. Oh yes, it's really important to think about me somewhere else at some other time, but you're not even enjoying here and now often, yeah? It's all made up. I mean, look at the head. Look at it. What is it that you want usually? Things you don't have, yeah? Have you ever noticed that? And yet when you have them, you don't seem to want them as much as you thought you would. So what would happen if you really wanted something that you didn't have? What would be a state that would be produced by that? I would say exquisite mental suffering. Yeah? Especially if you said, that thing that I don't have is the source of all my happiness. <laughs> oh, I've seen people do it. They call me up, and that's exactly what's happened. They were with someone for two years. I would say at most benign neglect was being demonstrated. And then the person gets enough smarts and they leave, and then they call me up and they say, the source of all my happiness it's just left me. Jesus Christ. What would, you, what would the mind produce if you felt 
like what you needed the most, you have no possibility of ever having here. You don't believe it's going to have a huge effect on how you seem to be right now? And that's just one minor thought, one minor belief. Just one minor little thing up there. If you don't have immunity to a thought that just goes, look that way, yeah, when you're actually enjoying something, oh, worry about that. If you don't have immunity to that, you think you have immunity to the foundational aspects of selfing? Give me a freaking break. If it has an idea in you that you're never going to be loved, it's Jesus. There'll be so many opportunities, so many people will present love to you and you won't even see it. You'll be blind to it because you're looking for it so much. It's incredible what it's done. It's amazing just to watch it all day. But there is a solution, but not for you. There is no solution for us. That's like the great wisdom of no escape. There is no escape from self as a self. It seems to be incredibly disheartening, but to who? Only to the self. It's super great news for what you really are. Because I'll tell you, what's binding you to all that baloney is not the power of the baloney. It's your interest and attention in it. You have immunity to someone else's shit, but you have no immunity to yours. It's not the shit that has an incredible ability to fool you. It's your interest and attention in it because it's about you. If that seems not to be about me, immediately your interest and attention starts leaving it and gets distributed by something other than self into life. Yeah? And you'll know the tree by the fruit. You'll check out what happens. You start traveling lighter on a consistent level, you're on to something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how long would you shot up lousy coke? Maybe a month or two. But after a while, you finally admit to yourself, this stuff sucks. You know, fuck, I'm going to kill that dealer or something. You finally get to a point after... You can only fool yourself so long, but come on. <laughs> this is, we've been shooting up one of the biggest mental drugs, selfing, and man, look at what it's done to us. We're like strung out. We're just, we're living, we're shooting up specialness and rightness. At least I'm right. I'm right that I was not lovable this, this lifetime. You see, look at all the ruined relationships. I'm right. We're special. <laughs> we're like strung out junkies. Thinking, you know, incessantly about the length of your pants or something. And the mind could be entertaining freedom. It's like, did anyone notice I have no socks on? Ooh, my scar is showing. Oh, that may leave a bad impression. And I really want them to like me. Because I don't like me. And if they find out why, it's on and on and on. It's so, it's so ridiculous. The mind is unbelievable. It's like a diffused light everywhere at all times and no times. And then our head claims it and takes that light and puts it on like the length of my pants. Or, you know, a zit on my nose for eight hours. Or reveling at my incredible profile in the, wind, in the mirror all day. I mean, everywhere we go there's reflections of the thing that we're not, isn't it? Every magazine thingness constantly. <laughs> the mind is obsessed with it. You know what I mean? 
let me suffer, but I want to look good when I'm suffering. That's what people are saying. You can tell them, I'm feeling really bad, but you look good, Paul. Oh, that's great. Who cares about how I feel? As long as I look good when I feel like shit, that's great. <laughs> I mean, it's a, the sickness, like you were saying, is so extreme, we don't even know it. We have nothing to compare it with. We really don't. If we meet someone who's demonstrating some kind of freedom, we make them special. Yeah? It's like a perfect way of being immune to it, that that's your own nature being demonstrated. We make them special. Oh, they have something I really want. No, you don't. If you really wanted it, you'd recognize you are it. And you'll always kill the saviors. You'll always kill them. Everyone loves dead, dead masters. They're the easiest ones to follow. Fuck. They're not going to talk to you about anything. And make up everything what you think they said. Some of them 300 years they didn't have any writing. And yes, Buddha said. How the hell know what Buddha said? 300 years later they finally wrote it down. You think, oh, nothing could happen in 300 years of chanting? Something could have been mixed? You know, Jesus, you know. Where was those 18 years? Oh, yes, Jesus. From 12 to 30, when no one knows where he was. <laughs> but I know Jesus. Well, yeah. Put this off one more second, it's insane. It's total insanity. And it is always put off if there's a you involved. Because the you, it has to be done over time to find anything. Yeah? And since it's constantly being put off. Once there's a sense of being a you, that immediately implies it's the doer, and then it's going to have to do something and have something to get it. This is what it does to its own nature. It makes it a spiritual experience it wants to have, which denies the, ob the obviousness of its own nature as being spirit. Yeah? That's why it was so great. After, you know, I started out with, uh, in recovery, we talk about the higher power of our own understanding. But after a few years, I realized I don't want a higher power of my own understanding. I want to have a higher power of its own understanding. And that really hit me strongly. Because if it's of my own understanding, it's going to be a weak power. Because this will play God with that power. But if I surrender and abandon this idea, it says abandon self, not you. You are never abandoned. You're always where you are, always so. But you can abandon the self, because it's not you. When I abandoned the self, I started being revealed to me. I found out what that power is. I don't know what that power is. I find out what it is. Yeah? I find out what it is. I don't know at all what it is. And I do not want a power of my own understanding. I want a power of its own understanding. And then you, it reveals itself to you. And that's, that's an incredible way to learn. Not knowing And then the proof's in the pudding. You travel later. You know? I don't care what anyone says. The proof will be in the pudding. You lose interest in yourself. You lose interest in the need to be liberated. You lose interest in all this shit. And you gain interest in the real deal, in a sense. It's the way you travel. You just travel lighter. Yeah? Even in heavy things. Got tons of energetic, heavy storms come over me. I'm like a little, we're all like little nuclear reactors 
a lot of fusion and fission have happened over time. <laughs> and it's just exploding. You know what I mean? And you don't want to be near the radiation. But in that in that explosion, if you let it take its course, it's the light of all lights. Yeah. Soon as self rises and says, "Oh, I shouldn't feel that. I shouldn't be like that." It's fucking. Just another, the gravitational pull of you as a planet can pull, it's like stronger than a black hole. It is like a black hole. It will pull everything and, and be seen as how it pertains to you. So, I like this message so much because all it is is telling the truth about what you're not and you don't have to do anything else than that. You just see it, you start for me, I heard this message, just like I'm sharing it with you. I walked around, started entertaining it, heard some other people that were sharing similar things, entertained that, and then something started to occur, yes? Like a new vision started to happen. Not, some, not by a pair of glasses I uh, put on, but a new vision from, through, you know, from here, which blew the glasses off, yeah? Because I thought the glasses were me. <laughs> So they had a, I was never going to take them off. How can you entertain being free of anything if you're identified as it? How can you entertain being free from the bondage of self if you're identified as a self? The mind cannot make that leap. When it takes itself to be this, it can never entertain being free of it. That's why people shoot themselves. The only way they feel they can be free of what's driving them crazy is to kill this. Yeah? To kill what they think is them. But if you entertain it's not you, the next thing the mind can do is entertain you can be free of it. I mean free of it. Where the baseline of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, instead of having it medicated or soothed or corralled or socialized or civilized so it doesn't really disrupt your life unbelievably, it just gnaws at it all day. Yeah? That baseline flips, and now you have an ease and comfort in life. You don't suffer from the, one of the weirdest things is being uncomfortable in your own skin. I mean, it's the only skin you seem to be in. To be uncomfortable there is like, <laughs> you're starting a very bad uh, compromised position if you're uncomfortable in your own skin. <laughs> All that flips over, and now you have an ease and comfort, and you're traveling lighter. And then every once in a while, storms come. But they don't become weather fronts, yes? You, there's always, see, on this side of the clouds, you never see a cloudy day. You see the clouds, but they don't, they don't, they don't make a day cloudy because you're on the side of the sun, yes? You see the clouds, but they don't have the power to block you from the sun. They can only do that to a self because you're somewhere else at some other time. is like electric, really brilliant, like light, clear, like they say in Buddhism, it's like open sky, yeah, everything appears in it, but nothing affects it, you can have explosions, but they don't rip the sky open, planes fly through it every day, but no one ever calls up the terminal and says, I just hit a big patch of sky, 
nothing ever happens there, really. Tons of shit happens in its context, but nothing affects it. That's like mind. But when mind takes itself to be an object, everything else that's dreamt can affect it. The dream tiger seems as real as real can be to a dreamt object. If you're not the dreamt object, do you need to read books about how not to be afraid of a dream tiger? No. You'd realize it's a dream tiger. Your day of freedom from fear isn't put off for one second. You live as if you're free from fear. not a deadline, not, you're going to arrive, not based on what you do or don't do. If it was based on you, it'd be just like it is now, infrequent and far away. <laughs> if it's based on you, it's not going to be right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. No fucking way. Self has to be relevant. It has to do something. That's how it owns your life. It says it's the doer of it. You don't think, you know, if it wants to claim taking a shit, do you think it's not going to claim knowing God? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it looked at someone with a little scowl and thinks about that all day, you don't think it's going to claim knowing God? You know? I mean, <laughs> the knowing of God is going to be based on you, somehow or another. <laughs> How would that God of selfing stand a, a God of always there at all times? It won't. Yeah. It has to make it freak infrequent. It has to make it distant somehow. And it has to be made it has to make God based on your God. If you jump through enough hoops and your mind says, Yes, you've been good, you can, you know, enjoy today for fifteen minutes <laughs> and back to work. Start thinking about what's going to happen to you later. <laughs> oh, no! I'm so tired of that. I know. Get back. <laughs> what does this all mean? Oh. Hey, there's a freedom, bro. That's the whole good news. There is a, there is a solution. There is a solution to the solution. Yeah? There is a timeless solution. You can't find it here with horizontal looking. It's got to be vertical looking. But if the vertical looking is claimed by selfing, it's horizontal looking. Even if you believe you're looking up, you're not looking up. You're looking the same, same. Yeah? But if you entertain I'm not that, that's vertical looking. That's seeing. Yeah? Then the mind's open to downloads, and downloads will come. You will get your library and everything else will be revised and edited, and stuff that you really thought was that way gets to be shown not to be that way. Yeah? Things that you say were the worst thing that ever happened to you turn out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Tons of stuff starts. It's like someone someone goes into your little filing system and changes everything. You know what I mean? Uh, you get economized, pared down. You just know what to do next. doesn't matter. The I don't know is such a great state because the, the only way you find out here is by not knowing it. As soon as you know, you've nuded everything. You know? But by realizing I don't know, then you're open to finding out. And that to me is really the Alain Vital of living. It's like a juice into your day.
the same old, same old. It makes sense to me. <laughs> I've come to every one of these meetings oh, yeah. for 19 years. <laughs> I've never missed one. <laughs> I never attended one and I never missed one. I haven't lost any enthusiasm. Why? Because the thing produces the goods. You know how long we've been living on advertising? We just do this and we'll get that and that will make us really happy. You know, we're t- constantly signing up for like Stalinist five-year plans. You know, if I only do this and I do that, then, then it'll be great. How many times have you arrived at your arrival point? How many times have you made it? What happens when you make it? That 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 mythical there. <laughs> as soon as you arrive there that was used to just disavow the here every moment that you were going towards there. As soon as you arrive there, what is it? It's here. And then the mind presents another there. And then you go marching along, saying no to now, saying no to here, because that mythical there will be great. You get there, it's a here again. (laughs) We never just drop the rock. We just keep going for the next fucking plan. <laughs> then maybe you're still probably planning in your last breath. You know what I mean? Oh, i got to get the... <laughs> Jesus, I didn't even finish my... my whatever. <laughs> Just half, half a statement. Or, I always love this one. Imagine if you've been listening to your head this whole time. And then you're really near the point of death. You know, you're about 78 years old and stuff like that. And then your head like Moses on the mount, climbs up and proclaims, you fucking wasted your whole life. <laughs> what a crushing fucking mental moment that would be. Are you not going to believe it after you believe everything else has ever told you? When it breaks the news to you, you've wasted fucking everything. And then you think you did. Oh, that's hell, eh? Brought to you by mind in a mental process called self. What is heaven or hell? It's all made up here. Yeah. Your wish for heaven makes this more hellish, doesn't it? When you look at this place and you think it could be way different, it creates a hell. It doesn't create one, it makes one. You can't create anything. It's just an appearance. Yeah. So uh, that's it, eh? Well, and, uh, oh, wait, let's pass the basket. Uh.